welcome to the oh hello oh no one two three hello and welcome <laughs> we're not deaf at the life the laundrette <laughs> not hard of hearing hello and welcome <laughs> to the life laundry podcast i'm Gemma. there's <laughs> no better i'm a bit concerned <laughs> i'm going to have a wardrobe malfunction because my dressing gown is relatively sheer and i have no i problem. mean part of the job spec when i started working with you that i didn't realize entailed constant updates about your boobs <laughs> sometimes you've strapped them sometimes they look like raspberries because you've unstrapped them sometimes we've done instagram stories and you've switched them Sometimes you're about to flash them on a Zoom. Sometimes they're hot. I'm, I'm making my jewelry. <laughs> I've just downed. I've, I've just downed my collagen drink for the day. Mm. And, um, I went to my little collagen pot, and Derek's been taking the collagen. Has he? Mm. We should. I feel like we should discuss this now we're live on air because it is one of the most traitorous things you've ever done. Chiffy sent me a voice message on WhatsApp and um, I was playing it and Tom was sat, we were in the car park and then um, I knew Tom, it was Tom. Yeah, and Tom, Tom was Tom. really offended her because Chiffy's got quite, <laughs> you might, you might have guessed that Chiffy's got quite a dry sense of humour and she just sent a voice, <laughs> I am outraged that you bought collagen without <laughs> consulting me and Tom was like, oh, oh, <gasps> you've broken up. really upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so only because I've been taking collagen for about four years, four years, three years, and I've done lots of research on it. And then what do I do? I find out on Instagram that Gemma has taken collagen without not consulting only, Not me. only that, just some collagen that I saw on Sainsbury's shelf. I just saw the Is word. it a powder? No, you know, it's like those effervescent tablets. You know, it's a bit like the Barocca tube. Oh, which... Oh. Right. And it goes a lovely pink colour. Mm. And it tastes quite nice. But I, I have to... I have to. I, I thought it was going to be a placebo. I don't feel like it's done anything for, like, my plumpness on my face. But it's my nails, absolutely. Yeah, so the reason that I thought we should actually discuss it now that you've brought up your traitorous behaviour is that the reason I've, I've, I know so much about it and I've been talking so, well, I mean talking so much about it, I've been so angry at Gemma for making decisions without me, uh. is because scientifically, so obviously everyone's probably seen like perfectile collagen capsules and blah 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 and collagen is obviously a big um thing to do with your skin so i always oh, we could go down a skin science wormhole collagen is like the what do i call them the scaffolding poles of your skin oh are they a protein is it a protein yeah and so that's why when you age your collagen decreases but also it's less good quality. And so things that damage your skin, like UV, basically knock out your collagen poles. And that's what causes so wrinkles you end up with a saggy stuff. tent. If you, if you think so you end up with your saggy tent. So you've got your collagen scaffolding poles, tent poles. Yeah. And then your elastin 
is like elastic bands that go they don't this is how i imagine it but it's not factually scientifically accurate your elastin kind of goes round your collagen poles and that gets saggier you know when you get old elastic bands that yeah. have lost their elastic that's what age is like for elastin it just loses its elasticity what? so that's why you get saggy skin or sunken cheeks and that kind of thing so the benefits so when they say collagen enhancing properties or you have a moisturizer or something that helps your collagen most of the time if it's a moisturizer that's bollocks because moisturizer only penetrates the top layer of your skin and you, right. your collagen is made deep down but what you want is stuff that's going to help healthy collagen and stimulate collagen production so things like retinol is great because it stimulates collagen production which slows as we age so when you get things like perfectil it's going to help your skin and your nails blah, blah, blah. the science behind it says that collagen cannot be absorbed through your stomach lining and so medically they say taking collagen is nonsense you can do lots of things take lots of antioxidants or eat a lot of red peppers or things like that that can help collagen production but right. Gemma's asleep now I'm but, not um, I'm, much, I'm scratching <laughs> I'm not very good scratch. at science I'm just about to no it neither am I but I'm trying to this is how I learnt it but so I started taking collagen powder so collagen powder you get that's either bovine so it's either cow collagen so they take it from the bones or fish i take bovine i think spirulina is the closest vegetarian or vegan one you can get um because it's a protein and so i took a big tub the one i like is called great lakes collagen you can get it on amazon in a green tub and i took a whole tub of it and you put a scoop of it in your tea or your coffee and it doesn't really taste of anything at all so i have a coffee mid-morning and i put a scoop of collagen in there don't taste it it's absolutely fine um so i took a whole tub of it and then i stopped to see if there was a difference in my skin which was really easy for me because i've got keratosis pilaris on the back of my skin that's chicken skin no it feels like dry skin bumps Gemma probably yeah. doesn't have it <laughs> my keratosis pilaris is definitely reduced and i it bothers me because people always touch my arms when i was younger and i used to get my arms out more and they'd say oh you're cold because it feels like goosebumps and i'd be like oh no that's just how my skin is and i tried everything i used to use a kitchen scourer uh -huh. um in the shower loads of stuff so i do know what works and what doesn't work and when i take the collagen my keratosis pilaris is still on my um skin a little bit in areas but it's much reduced okay well, that's not what we're talking about today is it no i'm really dreading i think this could be stop hot hot off the press our most boring episode ever no that's how that's how i feel about it but you feel like excited money 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 do do must be funny do do wow if i had money 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 that's what's talking about money 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 yeah money. and before we started recording oh and then we've got to do, 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 do. the best things in life are free <laughs>
Oh, yes. Yeah. I want your cupboard. Uh, uh, yeah. That's what I want. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah. I want lots of money. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we've done the soundtrack. Well, we hit record. She told me that she was scared of money. I love I'm scared money. of money. I love money. I love it. You didn't always. I love spending it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why I'm scared of it. <laughs> because oh. no word of a lie. I think I could do in an hour. I could do 10 grand in an hour. I really seriously could. What on? You're my, not talking my, like, a, a, like a car. Are you talking like... No, on individual items. Like, my Amazon wish list is something ridiculous, like 37 pages long. I'm just... I'm just an acquirer of stuff, and I like expensive stuff. So I'm at my friend's house today. I'm staying for a couple of days. And she's just bought some dungarees that I really wanted. And we were both like, they're really expensive, but they look really great on her. So fine, whatever. But like the, from the same place, there's a jumper I really want. That's 380 pounds. What shop? Wise London. Never heard of it. It's not here. It's not in <laughs> Kent. It's online. It's very good. But, um, you know, that's, if I got the dungarees in the and the jumper I wanted, that's like 500 quid down without even, you know, I could do that in the time that it's taken us to sing all the songs we know about money. Isn't it funny? Because I wouldn't spend, I don't spend on clothes. When, what I splurge on is holidays. Like, yeah. Whereas what I, I think the reason I'm scared of money, and very interestingly, we had our company conference last weekend and um our ceo was the keynote speaker and she was going to talk about finances and i literally i mean it doesn't take much but i did roll my eyes off uh because i was like oh god i just don't want to talk about finances and like i'm a married woman what do i need to you know but it was incredibly inspiring and she was bang on because she was like one of the reasons to do network marketing is it is a way to get you to financial freedom and she was like, money doesn't mean everything, but financial freedom gives ah. you personal freedom to do whatever you like. 100%. And that is, a, yeah, and that's hugely important. And I was like, she is so right. And I yeah. think one of the, I had, a, I had an epiphany about three years ago um, where I was hugely resentful about money all the time with Joe my husband because I was at home with the kids he was working I have proper anxiety about cash machines like I can't I can't go to one why um in case my card's rejected okay even if I know there's money in there do you, are you um, like that if you if you get card gets rejected at a till yeah it it will I will have it will give you a word of warning then before I forget right because it's applicable to this my cards all last weekend were just cons cons consistently being declined. All of my oh, cards. really? Was that because you had to put your pin in though? Because I noticed yeah, that there. I didn't now. know that. So yeah, I, I knew I had money in my account, and I I was going. I went. I went to Boots. I went to Sainsbury's. I was, and I had that situation where, and luckily this doesn't bother me. 
because I, I, I know yeah. I've got money. I, I've, I used all of my cards at the front of the till, and I have to leave my shopping there because all of my cards got declined. Tom and the, the kids were with me, and they were mortified. And then I phoned mm. the bank, and the bank was like, "Well, because you basically used contactless too many times in a row." <laughs> And you need yeah, to so they want pin. you to put your pin in. And I think because of coronavirus, they've upped the limits yeah. to 45, is 45, it? So, 40? yeah, so I've been using And so then I encourage think you because, to use contactless, which I've been so doing. So I think because they've upped it, because I, it happened to me, and they were like, you have to put your pin in. And I was like, oh. And she said, yeah, this is happening to us a lot. And I think it's because they've upped the limit. So because they've upped the limit, yeah. we think there's a lot of card theft. Right. because the limit's now really worth it and so they're making they kind of reset it so that everyone has to put their pin numbers in i think every now and again so you don't yeah. like cash you don't like cash points so you have i don't like cash points and so joe and i did that typical thing and i this is partly why i suggested talking about it because i i don't think i'm alone but maybe i am in which case you can all tell me what an idiot i am i did that typical thing i got married when i was 25 um I wasn't interested in money. Nobody had ever taught me about money. I'd come from a family who were either flush or broke, um, if you see what I mean. Because my dad was a freelancer, essentially. So he'd have a great year and then get whacked by his tax bill the next year and that kind of thing. And um, I married Joe, and I literally was like, one of the bonuses of being married is I don't have to deal with money in it. And so... I stopped having anything to do with my own money and like I would use my card until I trans I had a standing order to Joe's account to our joint account for bills and the rest of the time I would just use my card until it stopped working and then I would just coast on fumes to the end of the month and then I had kids so I wasn't working and Joe or I was freelancing as a makeup artist and so that just is like a drop in the ocean so I completely handed over all money stuff to Joe. And so it made it worse because then I didn't know how to log into my bank account. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. So Joe comes from a long line of famous economists, world famous economists. So I was like, this is, this is the dream. Turns out um, Joe doesn't know anything about money at all or maths. Uh, which I found out three years ago. So we're on the road to recovery. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed. It's just the way he said it. Turns out to be right at It really is. I mean, literally. I mean, he did maths A level, so he's not. He he's a terrible person. We call him like he's a complete bandwagon jumper. So I got a C in maths GCSE with extra coaching every day uh, to drag me through, and we all thought it was a miracle that I got a C in maths. I come, my dad, when he died, we found his maths, GCSE, his O-level results. He got 3%. Um, it, we come, yeah, I mean, it's quite, quite impressive to get 3%. Yeah. Um, so I come from a long line of non-maths people, and I associate money with maths. And I think that's where the education system is going wrong, because money is not maths. They're not. You, you can be good with money and not good with maths. They're not mutually exclusive, but in my head they are. Um, and Joe's the bandwagon jumper because I was like, I'm terrible at maths. He's like, yes, I'm terrible at maths too. And I'm like, no, because you have got advanced maths A-level or something ridiculous. So you're not, 
quite the same but because I was bad with money and bad with maths and I would say I'm bad with money and bad with maths on the bandwagon he jumpeth and here we are I realized that as a wife and as a mother I was self-sacrificing I was not buying myself nice clothes I was buying myself random cheap shit that I didn't that wasn't right but because it was cheap and I was skipping lunch sometimes and I was not going out with my friends because we couldn't afford it and Joe was going out with his friends and Joe and the boys always had clothes that fitted and were nice. Are you going to be okay or are we going to have to talk you through this thunderstorm? <laughs> Paper bag. Um, and I was always the one that was sacrificing it. And I just had this moment where I thought, A, n- no one at any point in my life is going to come to me with that money that I've saved and be like, do something nice for yourself, go on holiday. That's not going to happen. That money I'm saving is money that they're then spending rightfully. Like I'm not saying my kids can't have nice clothes and also I buy their clothes. So it's not like they're out there frittering it away, but there's, there's never going to be this pocket of money that they're going to be like, Oh, well done. You, you shopped at H and M and didn't get those, you know, nice trousers that you saw here have the difference in cash. And it was just me that was constantly self-sacrificing. And Joe was going on stag dues in Holland and I would do without a holiday. And I was like, no one's going to make this change for me. I have to do it. I have to be responsible for it. And I should go out with my friends because I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. And what I was talking about with my friends who I'm staying with about the dungarees that were really expensive. And I said, God, women are so weird. It's much better to buy the right pair of dungarees that you love, that cost a bit more. And obviously spend what you can spend. But even if you can spend that quite often, we feel guilty about it. And and then to buy five pairs of dungarees that are slightly wrong from Primark. You know, buy the good pair of dungarees, have them in your wardrobe forever. Um, You know, stop you know obviously always spend within your means but since well we were talking about body image last week and since i've been like i'm not having any more kids i'm exercising as much as possible but i'm going to buy clothes to fit me now also i'm like i'm going to buy clothes that i will want to wear in 10 years time i'm not going to be like oh i'm just going to buy shit thing from online that is close to the thing i really want but not quite there because the thing i really want is a bit more expensive do you know what i mean i'd rather buy fewer things that were perfect than loads of stuff that's nearly perfect but you you um, are a next queen can we just quickly this has reminded me Mm. do a shout out i've forgotten her name to the laundrette who was a bridesmaid at her husband's first wedding first. oh yeah i saw that yeah your feel, your laundrette like twin there i've got a friend solidarity yeah. she sent that message on instagram and i laughed so loud so i was like what what i love this i love this if we've secretly got a cult of women who are attendees <laughs> at their other half's first wedding or vice versa yeah. um right money so i so my background is my mum and dad and typical like northern working class like my mum's 
um, granddad owned a pub, my mum's mum and dad owned news agents, my dad's dad was a mechanic. So like, we've always been self-employed and my mum and dad owned fish and chip shops. So I was working in fish and chip shops since I was about Did 11. you just say fist and chip shops? Fish and chip shops since I was about 11. <laughs> so I've always had like a really strong work ethic. I grew, I mean, I've grown up with it. And at the same time, my, my dad's favorite phrase always has been, there's no point being the richest man in the graveyard. Yeah. So that's the thing though, because I grew up in a freelancer household. Where it is feast and but, where we but we had a regular income. Yeah, but I think that's really interesting as well because I think it's a lot of it is about your approach to money. Yes, and I think it's so it's very psychological. But when but interestingly, when I so because I you know I I grew up always talking about money. Um, I grew up with my mum and dad doing their VAT returns with them, going to the accountant with them. Like I was always part of the money conversation. Mm. Right? It was just really normal. We spoke about money all the time. That was a huge thing at this speech last week was how you talk about money in front of your kids. And I realised how my, I heard my parents talk about money. It is how I talk about money in front of my kids. And I was like, oh, no, we need to stop that. Yeah. And so, so when I got married to my first husband, I got married really young. I got married when I was 20, 21. I was in charge of all the money. Yeah. I was the person that did all the budgeting. I used to also, change do the you think, bills and everything. I mean, I never, ever want to, I never, I have a real bugbear for those women who say, yeah, my husband's away during the week. He's only back at weekends. So I know what it's like being a single mum because it's not the same. It's just not the same. Um, but do you think one of the pluses of your divorce and single mumdom was getting back that side of independence, even though you were always the person in charge of the budget? Having, I think, having that autonomy over your money yeah, it's so your I, money. You're in charge of what's going in and what's coming out. There's no funny business. No. I don't know if there was I, any funny business. I don't, I don't have a credit card. I've never had a credit card. No, you see, I ban credit cards in our house. Um, but, I, but I've never had one because I, I, I'm a firm believer of living within your means. But being a, as a single mom, it was really tough. Like I, when I was a single mom, um, I got one month's worth of help with the mortgage. And after that, I was on my own. So I had to, I moved out almost immediately. I had to sell the house and I couldn't afford to stay there. Um, and I would like, I bought, had to buy all my clothes from charity shops. And, and like, I just was really scraping by. So when I met Mike, I was more than happy to relinquish. He does all the money now. Because I, and Mike I, is genuinely great at maths. Yeah, he's maths. really good at maths. But in I, my head, didn't Mike is our money man i just didn't want um i just did not want that responsibility anymore i'd had it for years and it felt but also so refreshing you know if mike got hit by a bus tomorrow you'd know what you were doing yeah with the money side of things yeah and partly what spurred me on to take my tiny tiny baby steps into being more involved in the money side of things was that I was like, wow, if Joe dropped down tomorrow, mm. 
I would be buggered. Now, I always do stuff like the pet insurance, the car insurance, the house insurance. But I have to say to him, it's going to be this much money. Can you put that much money? Make sure there's that much money in the joint account. Because I can't, I have a real block about it. If you asked me, like, so the friends who I'm staying with now, we went to Mallorca three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, longer, four years ago. And um, I had to go to a cash machine because I'd forgotten to get euros. And she was like, babe, just go to a cash machine. And I literally have this memory of her standing next to a cash machine. And I'm doing those weird anxiety lunges. I don't know if you've ever done those. Where you're like, oh, I'm going in. And she was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. What the hell are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing, I've just got a, I've got a, it's really, or oh, it was really hard. Um, so, and it was really upset me that I've got to the age of 37. Not in control of that side of things, because I think it, to be in control of your finances is incredibly freeing. Yeah, and, and I, want, I wanted to agree with something you said at the beginning when you said, you know, everyone's like, oh, money doesn't buy you happiness. No. <laughs> money, what money but does buy you is solutions to problems. Yes. So, like, if you, if you haven't got time to do your dream job or do something, you can hire childcare. You know, you can buy a second car. You can, you know, you... you, you but also for me you can fix it when i hear money doesn't buy you happiness i'm like no but it would take away that massive anxious part of me that is associated with it i would love to live without that i'd love to live with knowing there was a certain amount and so joe and i are taking steps towards that and you don't have to be you know ideally i'd like to be having millions in my bank account then i wouldn't have to worry but you don't have to, you just have to be savvy about it and you have to know your ingoings and outgoings. I've actually just got an app. I just downloaded an app that's um, going to hopefully help. Um, because I think there is that, isn't it? It's the knowing that you can fill up your car with petrol mm. and it's not, oh, I've got to stop at 30 quid because that's all I've got. And I think as well, I say what I think I had very, so there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. So I had a psychological block feeling guilty. So when I, I have never really monetized my Instagram. Yeah. Like I've never done loads of ads. Um, no. Mainly because I, although I ironically, I, I am, I am doing a couple of the next couple of months, but, but, but mainly because <laughs> I've had to have a word of myself because it's a stupid psychological blockage because I feel almost not worthy and like people won't like me as much because I'm monetizing my job. And I had to sit down and obviously in an ethical way, sometimes it's not done ethically, but I had to sit down and I sort of had a word with myself and like I've almost got 200,000 followers on my Instagram. And essentially what that is, is a virtual, Ads, you're selling virtual ad space, almost like magazine space or TV space. But the difference with influencers or Instagram is, is it's such a concentrated target market for the brands who are working with you that it makes so much sense. Like my target market, 99% female and the majority are under 45 
and of that most of them have a child under two yeah so if you think about that demographic and being able to hit that demographic so pinpoint it so accurately you'd never be able to do that with tv advertising you'd never be able to do that with and i was no. you know this is silly this is silly that i'm doing myself out of money because i in some way feel embarrassed and i think part of that is just or like people are going to judge you um yeah so i thought when you're 60 you're going to look back and go oh everyone really liked me because i didn't do an ad or you're going to go yeah i wish I'd, I'd took that money because i was able to go on that really nice holiday with the kids you know and, yeah. that, and that's and that's what really matters and so many people have said to me, i you know when, not so much now but when i used to get told people like i can't believe you get paid for this you know stop trying to make money out of something that people do and i'm like stop trying to shame me for earning money but also stop expecting people this really gets to me stop expecting everything in life for free yeah stop trying to get a deal on everything i'm not saying that about everything i'm the first person that when i go on a website to buy something i will look for a discount coupon 20 percent off lovely but stop expecting everything for free. And when it comes to somewhere like Instagram, it's a free app and you have the power of scrolling. So if you see someone doing an ad and you don't like it, you could literally, you will register it for about 1.5 seconds before you scrolled on. I think and I find that really upsetting that it's like you want everything for free so much and actually, I have 4,000 followers on Instagram. Generating content that people like takes time and effort and energy. And in order to be able to do that, you need to be paid for your time. Yeah. You can't I, do that for free forever. Not, it's, not a traditional, it's not a traditional job. And, you know, you don't... You know, it took me, it's taken me three years to build my Instagram account up. Mm. You know, that, that's a long... And you've worked hard and you've dealt with a lot of crap. So, and, and I think people do expect a lot of content to be given away for free. And I think you experience it a lot in your job. People will yeah. like message you and ask basically really detailed questions, which you should be charging for. But because Instagram... Yeah. And, you know things like Instagram stories that it breeds familiarity and then people think you know it, you know people expect it for free and it's yeah. a really tricky thing to navigate really tricky and so I see some people doing it really well actually there's um, a true crime podcast I follow called true, true crime garage 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 anyway and they have a beer fund so you can buy them a beer um, and actually, they get a lot of people putting money into the beer fund. There's only two of them, so so much beer they can drink. So, obviously, you know that when you're donating to the beer fund, that's going towards them. But it means that they can do the podcast, and they've upgraded the equipment that they use, and it's a really well-done podcast. And so no one's like, I bought you a beer, and you must spend the money on beer. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a really good way of doing it. I know some bloggers who have the buy me a coffee option. Um, I have subscriptions. I have like a minstrels subscription and a coffee subscription. Um, so if people, or I have a one-off say thanks 
thing. But yeah, a lot of people want stuff for free. A lot of people, I get made to feel guilty for charging for stuff, but actually I've spent a lot of my time getting qualified, being insured, learning stuff. There's this famous- It's not stuff I've learned off the internet. Do you know what I mean? It's, I've spent a lot of my time in Birmingham learning stuff. And it's the same with makeup artistry though. I seem to bounce around from industries that don't want to really pay you money the amount of work you're expected to do for free if you're a makeup artist is eye-watering um and i think it's a really bad i just i just really disagree with it i think everyone should get paid for their time absolutely and if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking about starting a business and a business and they're really worried about how to price something you know i have been guilty in the past of underpricing stuff um and it's one once you sort of get over that hurdle it's fine oh my top tip for that is to because i was really bad about it and i used to do it vaguely off the top of my head i'm still very vague when my friends asked me to do their weddings because i always want to do them for free but i can't so that always throws me off so if any of my friends are like but you haven't been clear about this at all (laughs) go and look at whatever you're doing if you're doing writing if you're doing makeup if you're doing whatever it is that you're doing go and look at what everyone else charges do your research and then write it down and have it as your thing. Because for the first two or three years that I was working, I would do it off the top of my head because I'd have the guilt. So I'd A, always undercharge and B, would always look slightly chaotic and unprofessional because they'd say, how much to do makeup for this event? And I'd be like, Ooh, um, uh, let's see. Mm, do you know what I mean? Whereas if you have it and you don't like talking about money, you can have it on your website, you can have it on your phone, you can have it laid out so you can be like, I'm going to send you my price list. Because then you're not having to think about it. It's a fact. It's a job done. That's what it is. And also, That's my number one tip. My, my top tip is, you know, if, especially if you're working in an industry that requires experience and skill, like what, like, like what you do. Yeah. You, you know, that requires knowledge and it, that knowledge will have been built up over the years. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but I love the story anyway, uh, that someone um, saw Picasso, I think it was Picasso, in a bar. Oh yeah, I love this one. And asked him to sign a serviette or do a little doodle or something on a serviette. Yeah. And he did it. And then he tried to charge them an extortionate amount of money. And they were He like, said oh, that it will be £10,000. But something like that. And then the guy was like, well, hold on a minute, it's just a doodle. And he said, no, no, you're not paying for the doodle. You're paying for the fact that it's been done by me. And you're paying for the fact that a, I'm an amazing artist, but I've been doing this for years. So this one price, this also has to take into account me learning how to do this, me learning how to be a makeup artist, for example, me studying for years. So that's that's how I'm just me doing the hundreds of weddings for yeah. experience. Me ha- and also with makeup artistry, the thing that really gets me is it's like it's expensive to be insured. All those hours that you've been up creating the content, yeah. doing and blogs, making videos, doing your research. You know, it's like my dad, he's, a, he's the first to say, money for old rope this. You know, if, if yeah. you look at someone, like, say, using Instagram as a classic example, he's like, and, and you go, oh, my God, how many hundreds or thousands of pounds did you get paid for that one grid post? Yeah. yeah. When you look at it like that, yeah, like, it does seem disproportionate. But you have to then think, well, hold on a minute. In order for this person to maintain that level of following, they have to be gen- generating some content that people want to actually watch. 
and there is a lot of stuff that goes on in the background so it's not just about whacking any old shite on instagram yeah it, it's, it's, it's not a magazine and you have to create content that people want to watch all, all week and i think a lot of people small businesses probably feel the same i can imagine if i was making like one of my i always talk about them my favorite kids clothing company bear and babe you know she started off making all those clothes at her kitchen table and eventually her husband quit her job and came on board i think to do the finances um but and i'm sure if i was doing that sort of business i'd be a bit like well how much can i charge really i'm just making stuff at my kitchen table do you know what i mean but it's like you're making amazing unusual yeah. clothing and the fact that you're doing it with three kids at your kitchen table is worth even more do you know really, what i mean a really good example is mike is um you know what? The cheeky bugger. I'm just looking down. I can see him. He's in the office, right? The office, yeah. Got the snooker on. He's <sighs> working. Shall I text him? I How's the snooker? Dirty great big stick. I was about to set ten about. I'm going to WhatsApp him and say, "How's the snooker?" So Mike is an amazing. He makes the most amazing novelty cakes. Amazing. Does he? The best, I'll send you some, I'll put some pictures on the Facebook group. He oh literally God. is phenomenal at it. Right, this school fair used to, used to make one every but, Christmas and they used to raffle it off. What a dark horse. I know. So he tried to set up a business called My Cakes. Get it? My Cakes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the amount of hours that would go into these cakes, it's not just that, the cost of the butter, the flat, you know, the eggs. Yeah, yeah. So if once you price the cake up for the man hours plus the ingredients, you'd be looking at like 250 quid a cake. Yeah. And you can just price yourself out of the business. Because yeah. some, so many people used to say to him, you can get one for 20 pounds in Marks and Spencer's. And you'd yeah. go, we'll go to Marks we'll and then. You yeah. know, and it's about, it's about the skill and you're paying for someone's skill and you can't really put a price on that. No. And that's why, no. that's why, like, you know, you go, you can get a one ninety nine t t-shirt in Primark, but do you want to want, I mean, sometimes needs must. And to be fair, I'm so on my high horse about Primark. So I'm so high on my high horse that you can't even see me anymore because, but, but my friend's got these really look, comfy looking non-wired bras from there. Mm. And I'm tempted. I'm tempted. But I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes your budget, it takes and you have to shop at Primark. But yeah, and I'd always, and I think the thing is, I'm not here being like, you should spend out of your budget to get the stuff that you want. But I'm like, don't be scared of money. Don't treat, treat money like it's a scarcity, like you've got a bucket that's going to be emptied and then you're never going to get it back. Yeah. Like, we all have times when it's tight. And we all have times when it's great. But being in control of it yourself and not being scared of it is huge, I think. Yeah. And I remember when I went through that phase of reading all those books by Rob Moore. Yeah. Your bestie. I forgot his name the other day and I was like, Roger Moore. Mike's like, that's not his name. I'm like, that's I, not know, him. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> if he jumped across the money. That in money is like 
I can't remember his, he, had, he says it much, much more succinctly than, that, than I'm about to. But in order to attract money, you have to spend money. So like you say, that ebb and flow, it's almost think of money like so this is, that's flowing and you have to feed the flow. This is why, so I did it the other day on my um, Facebook. I was looking for a blackboard for my kitchen, quite a specific size. And I was like, so anyone know a small business that does it? And those people were like, go and look on Etsy. There's loads on Etsy and there's loads on um, Amazon. Why don't you just go on Amazon? And I was like, because I really want to support someone. If, if I follow someone or someone knows a friend who has a small business doing blackboards, I'd really like to support them. Because everyone's worried about the economy because of Brexit and Corona. And I'm a bit like, it's very tempting to not spend any money when people are talking about... Um, have you got your Dyson? No. There's another fan. Can you hear it? No, I'm just jealous. What? I'm just so jealous. Jealous of your... Fan? Je jealous of your fan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when, there's, when people talk about recession and all of that, it's very tempting to kind of scrabble all your money together and nest on it and be like... <laughs> Time. But I'm like, actually, no, I'm going to, I would rather, yes, I might be able to find a really quick solution on Amazon that's going to arrive tomorrow, uh, that's going to fit and it's going to be fine. But I'd rather get it made by a small business who needs the money and then put money in whatever is called Bezos's pocket. Um, not that I don't buy a billion, billion one things on Amazon all the time. I'm not here being a preachy Amazon person, but it's that sort of thing where I'm trying to sort of think, yeah, you've got to spend money, spend it wisely. Wisely, yeah, that's the key. Um, I did my bit for the economy this week. Yeah. Uh, it went for a meal, eat out to help out. Yeah. And I had a steak. And the day before that, I, oh, we had a staycation. So that Yeah, that was good. And in Hampshire, where in else Hampshire. would you want to be? And then um, I went and bought myself some clothes at Jigsaw. Did you? So now this is the thing, because you said at the beginning you spend money on holidays. Um, I think my kids are getting to the age now where that might be more of a thing. Um, I am a little bit, I do like, I do like clothes. You are next. You are next. Yeah. I, 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 am, no. I am the unofficial face of the face next. You are. I was actually... But I got worried. I, I feel I got, like this is, the, this is the one with all the tangents because I'm about to go off on another one. I was watching... Do you know who Sally Hughes is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's just... No, that's... What? That's not somebody else. No. Who is the one that used to be dropped with a donkey? Not Sally Hughes. Sally Hughes is a beauty journalist. Yeah, I was going to Google. Carry on, I'm listening. So. Are you thinking of the blonde one? The one that was Sally. In, the one she's that was, called Sally Hughes. No. The one that was in um, Miranda. Bear with. Bear yeah, with. right, right, right. Uh, uh, she's called. She's called Sally something. Miranda. Go on, carry on. Miranda Sally. Um, so I was watching a Sally Hughes beauty Sally journalist. Phillips. Sally Phillips. There we go. She's nice. Sally Hughes has, was, had did a um, 
Instagram post uh, IGTV because she's just had a breast reduction surgery and she was like I didn't announce it at the time because it's personal mm -hmm. um, but loads of people have been saying have you lost weight you look great what's your secret and I felt really disingenuous because it's not that I've lost weight it's that and I don't want people to think that I'm looking good because I've lost weight but she was really interesting she was, she was like I'm a size 8 and my boobs were a 30g and I was I hadn't not worn an underwire bra 24 hours a day since forever because they were just so heavy to lug around. So it was really interesting to watch anyway. So if anyone's thinking of getting a breast reduction surgery, she answers loads of questions. It's S-A-L-I-Q's. Um, and she's a size eight and I was talking to my friend and we were talking about clothing sizes. And I was like, it must be really hard if you're a size eight, but with that size boobs because everything's going to swamp you, you have to have separate do you think you have to have everything separate so you get you'd have to have a dress in like a size 14 yeah that you have to take the rest of you is size eight so you're getting loads of stuff taken in do you think part of the thing is and i and i've never found this it's it's on my quest do you think you quite like next because you know what size you are yeah and they well and also because they do long legs trousers oh yeah that's good you talk. But, do you know um, what after last week i got a really nice message from my friend that i went to school with who i lost touch with for years and then we got back in touch because of my facebook group and um she was like god i used to wish that i was your height she's five eight oh. and i'm and i'm five two and she was like when we were at school i used to hate my boobs because she had big boobs i had small boobs i used to hate my boobs i used to wish i had your boobs and and she was like it's so silly isn't it mm -hmm. and so she really liked that episode because she oh, was just like that's not nice. that's really lovely i had but i had a bit of a thing so i was like i said to my oh god I was, all these shops were shutting like oasis like you know all the oasis shut yeah it's gone that's it mm. that's not good laura rashley yeah anyway i was like shit they better not shut shut next down so I thought that 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 would like be like cutting my jugular or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> my life, Lord. Literally, any time I see Gemma, I'm like, that's nice. She's like, next. But so yeah. I was like, I'm going to have to branch out. I'm going to have to broaden my horizons. So I, I went to Seven Oaks, and Seven Oaks has got like a massive sign over the high street that says "Lovers or Losers," basically. You know, you need oh. to shop. And I was like, well, you know, here I am. I'm doing my bits. I'm so a one-woman Seven Oaks saver. I got I got freaked out at Jigsaw because it had like a maybe they'll put up a statue of you. A seventy percent sale at Jigsaw. And I was like, what if Jigsaw were going to go? So I basically went into Jigsaw and I got like a, a this beautiful linen dress, like an oxblood colour linen dress. Yeah. And um, reduced it reduced my like one hundred and thirty quid to something like forty fifty quid. I got yeah. a couple of things like that. So, yeah, that's why I, I branched out. I thought I'm going to have to, I might have to kiss it so, off dogs in case next oh, goes kaput. Well, I think it's really, so I think what I would like to do, and I do try and buy, I try and even buy my clothes a small business. Uh, I can't do independent boutiques. I get, I get, I get the, the guilt. I get, I, I get why? like, you know, when you walk into an independent shop, I'd like, yeah. you really don't buy stuff. And you realise it's not the shop you thought it was going to be, or something like yeah. that. Um, I, I just get, I just don't, I get so awkward that I just don't go in them. And for me, because of my height, yeah, into independent boutiques, it's like when they try and be really helpful and like, and they're sticking the head around the curtain. How's that feel? 
fit in it's just like oh i hate it yeah yeah whereas i don't mind that but also i do quite a lot of it online um but i think that's partly because and jigsaw's a good one actually there's another one there's jigsaw and there's another one is it cos there's cos gone no cos is going i think i've never bought anything from there there's jigsaw and there's another one that's quite mid i think of h&m and next as being in lower range yeah high of low high you know what I mean high, like like yeah and then there's Jigsaw and there's another one Karen Millen's gone yeah she went ages ago um and I just never know what size I am and I'm a different size in every shop and quite often because I'm short but I'm not skinny I end up just feeling crap because if I try on a pair of trousers that's going to fit me they'll be like eight inches too long and it just makes me feel so rubbish and so I was thinking I was thinking about you and next the other day and I was like I wonder if I think it's a really good thing if you find a shop and you know that you're just going to be like I'm that in a trouser yeah if I want those trousers that's the size I order bam they're going to fit whether I like them or not is up to me but they're going to fit and I've never had that with a shop. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important. But so I think that's why I, did, I stopped enjoying clothes shopping. But, but now I found the sort of online boutique things and I'm a bit more. One other thing that I wanted to say was, so when I joined, I, 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 one of my biggest splurges is I'm a member of quite a swanky gym stroke spa like right how is it do you oh. love being back do you cry on the treadmill i, I saw the organized mum crying on the treadmill i appreciate it so much more now i think I it's used, so i think it's so it funny before. i'm not i'm not saying it to take the piss out of you i'm saying it because i can't believe it when you said in like april oh i can't ever see myself going back to the gym again no, I know. Because we've gone into that kind of lockdown mentality yeah, of like make your own food, go for a yeah. jog, yeah, go get an allotment. Some of I us, just, do you know what I mean? Whereas so you're back, oh. but it took me weeks to commit to sign up because it would it cost so much more than I would normally pay, and I had that guilt thing, like you said, like you said, you know, why should I buy myself nice clothes? You know, you're so used to going without yeah. thing as a parent, like. You're used to putting the needs of others before yours, more or less the whole time. So um, it was a real shift. And I thought to myself, if people find out if I do any installs from this gym, and you know, it looks it looks better than a normal council gym or something, you know, everyone's going to think that, oh, who does she think she is? Oh, she's got an above. But that is what you choose to spend your money on. Yeah. And what I actually did do is I actually went through my direct debit debits, and I was like, yeah. I reprioritized everything, cut a load of stuff out. And at the end, and on balance, it just remains static. So- and I think that's what being in control of your finances is. And actually what I've got as goal is, um, I'd really like to be able to do some extracurricular stuff for my kids. So none of my kids can swim. Um, I would love to be able to afford to get in swimming lessons. And it's just something we can never afford because in London, you've got to be a member of the gym and that it's just really expensive and there's three of them 
Mm. Um, but that's the thing. I'm sure if I rejigged some stuff and I phoned up all my insurance people and made sure I was getting the best deal and I, do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Then that is what I'm aiming towards. And I don't think it means that everyone, everyone rejig your finances and you'll be able to afford Gemma's spa gym. But like, it's really good to have a thing where you're like, actually, that's something I want. That is something I want. It doesn't mean it's going to happen now. But if you are in control of your finances and you manage your money and you aren't passive about it, you don't sit there being like, it comes and it goes and I don't really have anything to do with it and I don't have any control over it, then nothing's going to change. Whereas if you're like, this is my goal and I'm going to work towards it and I'm going to make my money work for it. So one of the reasons... Joe and I got this new app is that we're really crap at saving and um, we need to save something like £3,700 to get our front steps fixed because they leak. Um, yeah. yeah. So they leak into the utility room. So the utility room needs doing. So they need to gut the utility room, do the steps from both angles and I've been I really want that to happen the RUC's room is horrible especially as three children just pee wherever they fancy in there um yeah it's grim so it's not exciting but I really want that to happen and saving that much money seems Joe's like we just can't do that that will take us 10 years but we've got that app where it rounds up every purchase into your savings yeah. so I think we've had it for a week and we've saved 10 quid now, that's still going to take us a long time to save the money, but it helps. It, it, do you know what I mean? It it's it's a, a step in the right it, direction. Without wanting to sound weird, it makes you feel like a proper grown-up. It's like, oh, I've heard I this. Know, I've, and I, I've and like my money, thing, I, I'm, I really want, and I probably will never, ever get one, I want mm. a Navy Range Rover with cream leather yep. seats. That's you and I are so different because yeah. I the other day I was looking at cars and I was just drooling over the inside of a 1970s Land Rover Discovery. Was that a Thunder? <laughs> was that a Panda? Or was that Derek's snooker? Thunder, don't like it. Go on, oh. say, drooling over what? I was drooling over a 1970s the interior of the 1970s Land Rover Defender. And I was like, look at it, there's nothing in there. It's not even a tape player. You can, just... hose it, you can hose them down, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best bit. And I literally was staring at it for about seven minutes. When I was at school, and then, this boy, this boy. And then I was like, no one I know would actually be the same about this. Gemma's never like, I want my cream leather interior. <laughs> right, <laughs> with navy thing. When this boy was trying to ask me out and he said, and, and he had one of those beaten up old ones he went and my yeah. car you can you can hose it down on the inside i was like what do you think we're going to be doing i was like no you're not <laughs> what he didn't realize is that he picked the prudiest woman in the world <laughs> not getting your land rover what we're doing in there <laughs> i don't make that much of a mess when i'm doing mustard oku i don't know what young Gemma did <laughs> i'm imagining it was something healthy like a sudoku Anyway, yeah, so that, that, that's what I'd like to save up to get. And like, I will, because I would prioritise that. I would like, right, okay, I could potentially not go to my gym and save up to get my Land Rover. Yep. 
It's about prioritizing. Yeah, and it's about working out what you what's important and what isn't. But also prioritizing, including you. And I think that's what I realized I'm so guilty of is that I get really, I was just really angry with Joe mostly, but with everyone because I was like, well, I'm, I'm sacrificing. I'm doing all this sacrificing. And it's like, well, you're the one that's choosing to do it. A money martyr. Yeah. No one's. Before we, before we go on to our positives, I'm going to ask you a question. We'll answer it. Answer yeah. It, answer it, answer it, right. If you won the lottery, what would be the, f- the first, the first thing you would yeah. buy? But, but I mean, hold on a minute. How much am I winning? Like 10 million, like unfeasible amounts or like a million? Because there's a difference. Well, I don't think a million's enough these days. I mean, I know. No, that. well, that's what I mean. A million, you've got to be strategic. Yeah. 10, so million, 10 million, you can be a Wally. 10 million then. But you say okay. you won the Euro. euro Are we not including like my, the fact that I would immediately go and buy like a cardigan? from the really expensive shop are we talking like first semi-luxurious thing no no like you the money has just gone into your bank account you've hyperventilated fainted a couple of times you can't quite believe it what is the first purchase you make it could be a bag of minstrels whatever it doesn't matter what is the first financial purchase that you do I think if, uh, oh, it's tough. It's a tough one. I think it probably would be one of those cardigans. They're fucking 300 pounds. And I know I want it. So I'd be like, bam, done. When I wear this, I'm going to remember that I'm a 10 billionaire. What would yours be? I would order, I've always wanted to do this. I've yeah. always wanted to do this. I don't know which shop it would put, whatever shop I was really into at the time, probably next. Yeah, probably next, yeah. Everything in my size. One item. Oh, one of everything. And That's then I the think, thing. I think what I would do is I would, to do go, that. I would go on a, I would go, I would get the clothes. Because in the back of your head, you know, you have, the thing with clothes is, uh, you, like you've got some really good dungarees. And I always really want a pair of dungarees, but because I'm five foot two, they have to be really specific because otherwise I just look like a massive toddler. So I need to be very specific so I look about like it. Well, so we, you have to be careful about it in another way but like so I would you know you had those dream clothes where you're like if I had that money if I had loads of money I would get like yeah. a really good jumpsuit and a really good leather jacket and a really yeah, good I'd, I'd cashmere, everything yeah so I'd yeah you see I'd go and buy like a really good black cashmere jumper and the cardigan I wanted and a pair of dungarees and a really good jumpsuit and that kind of thing I think I would get a new wardrobe because I could do that quite quickly. <laughs> well, judging by what you said, you could do it in 10 minutes straight. You said 10,000 pounds in half an hour. I could do 10,000 pounds in an hour, yeah. So what is your positive for this week? I know oh, I was... what it is. What is it? I'm not saying I'm not going to kiss on you, Chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be going to Spain this morning. Was it this I was morning? supposed to fly to Spain. Um, for a holiday to see my friend and obviously I could still go but I'd have to quarantine when I got back and I was sort of okay with that except it's Joe's birthday then it's my birthday, it's birthday isn't it? and I checked that the today. kids go back to school the kids go back to school on the third so I'd have to quarantine until the first um 
and so I just was like no I'm gonna go I've so far I've moved my flights until September because I was like well better if I have to quarantine for two weeks they'll be at school anyway it's less bad um so instead I've come to my friend's house in Hampshire um it was and and I rode a horse this morning so that was my it was really good actually because it was supposed to be thunderstorms on that horse it was really hot there was supposed to be thunderstorms all day so we were going to go riding anyway but it was really sunny and I was was like oh I get to ride in the sun and then we went swimming in the swimming pool so it was just lovely so I stayed in bed until about half past nine did my exercises rode a horse swam in a pool had a bath bam Mm -hmm. amazing day um so that's my plus and I'd not forgotten how to do it and I managed not to fall off so that was good so I could still fall off tomorrow, but today that was my positive. What's your positive? This is never going to get old. I went to a restaurant to eat out to help out, and I didn't have to ask for the allergy menu. And Ooh, I- Jen, that is huge, actually. I hadn't even thought about that. But since I've not been able to eat gluten, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to start asking people Can I have what's got gluten. Yeah, and you don't have to do that anymore. So I ordered the French onion soup. With what's the cheese? The gruyere. Gruyere. Yeah, like had that on the top, and then I ordered the steak with grilled prawns in a butter beurre blanc. Jen. I know. That's so exciting. Giggled my whole way through it.